podcast listeners and welcome to Hacker Public Radio. My, I'm your host, Phoenix, uh, and I'd like to welcome you today. Um, we're very lucky to have uh, Chris John Riley and Frank Bradick join us on the call today. Um, uh, to some of you regular listeners, you'll know that in episode 420 uh, that Chris and Frank uh, did a, a joint call with us to talk about uh, their trip to uh, Vegas for DEFCON, uh, and on the talk they they, they offered to um, talk about their experiences when they came back from hacking at random, um, and this is the follow-on conversation from from their trip to uh, hacking at random. Um, for first and foremost, I'd like to welcome both of you onto the call. Thanks very much, Chris, for joining us, and thanks very much, Frank, as well. Um, how are you both doing? Yeah, pleasure to be here. Doing, uh, doing good. Just that recovered from from hacking it around. Yeah, thank you uh, for having us again. Um, for, for just just for people that that maybe didn't catch the last episode with you two on, um, could you both give us a, a brief uh, a brief introduction? We'll start with you, Frank. Uh, well, I'm Frank Bedek. I work for Schubert Phyllis in the Netherlands as security engineer, trying to keep uh, infrastructure secure. And I'm the author of the program called Autonesis. Um, my name is Chris John Riley. I work for a bank in Austria as a penetration tester. Okay, cool, okay. Uh, thank you. And, and I'm Phoenix for all you guys that don't know me by now. Uh, basically, uh, I, I think the easiest thing to start off with for, for people who are, uh, are not too sure um, is maybe to get one of you to, to, to actually maybe describe what the Hacking at Random event is. Well, it's it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, to, to people who've been to other kind of security conferences, it, this isn't the kind of conference where you go to a huge building, there's a couple of tracks, you know, you're sitting on, on talks and they put on a nice lunch for you. Um, this is more like a couple of thousand people gather in a field and a conference breaks out, um, which is it's kind of nice. It's a break away from the usual stuff. Um, it gives you more of a chance to network with people, hanging around. You know, there's, there's always a party going on somewhere. Everyone's intense, um, so so there's a lot more kind of freedom to kind of move around and talk to people. Yeah, it's also a self self organizing camp in the way that uh, a lot of things have been told about and and being prearranged, but there's also um, a much needed input of of everybody who is there. Um, they're always looking for volunteers. I think every ticket that they print out actually says volunteer ticket to sort of get you in the spirit. Um, but it's also, yeah, must be one of the most well-connected campsites in the world. Um, I think in terms of internet capacity, they have something like 10 gigabit of, of internet capacity there for 2,300 people. And yeah, that's 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 a lot of bandwidth to get into a field. Yeah, yeah. and and they actually uh, kept telling people pretty much after every presentation that we weren't using enough bandwidth, which is quite entertaining because usually at these kind of conferences the whole thing is saturated and there's no way you can get online. There was such a good connection, you could just log on and you could download anything you wanted within a couple of seconds. I was getting like uh, three point seven megabits a second, which is pretty fast. <laughs> so, I mean, if we were, were kind of summing up quickly, it's sort of like a very 
community-led and, and, and inspired sort of event then in a field? Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got to think as well, it's not really a pure security conference. There's a, there's a lot of security stuff going on. There's people talking about, I mean, Dan Kaminsky was there talking about his SSL stuff. And there's various other people talking about, like, their MPLS and uh, BGP problems. But there's also people talking about things like um, uh, social issues, uh, political issues in different countries, as well as kind of really kind of different stuff that you won't see anywhere else. There's a guy presenting about how to make um, prosthetics for fifty dollars instead of two hundred and fifty dollars. So it's stuff that you're just not going to see anywhere else. It's really unique. Yeah, it's, it's, if you want to to put the event next to the yardstick of, of, of Black Hat and Defcon, uh, Black Hat corporate, well arranged, everything arranged for you. Uh, Defcon more a, a tech conference uh, with. with Less organized, but still everything everything organized. And I think hacking at random would qualify almost as a hacking lifestyle event, uh, but that makes it sound too polished. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a, there was a lot of randomness uh, about hacking at random. It sounds ironic, but it's. I mean, people. I mean, for example, Frank ran. Uh, I think he ran two workshops, didn't you, Frank? Um, yeah. On AutoNessus. I mean. It was great. It's just, you, you simply put on the wiki, I'm doing a workshop on this topic at this tent at this time, and people just turn up. You know, people want to, want to learn about it. Um, so you know, people just come and they'll, they'll sit down and they'll learn with you. you know, there was a hardware hacking tent where people went and did hardware stuff. There was a lock picking tent. People just went and were picking locks all day um, and all night, most of the time as well. So it, it was really kind of a very, very social event. Does it have this kind of um, user group sort of feel about it? I mean, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of user groups and been involved in them for, for a wee while now. And it, what I found at user groups is, is that if someone's prepared to go and do a workshop or a talk, people are generally prepared to come and listen and participate and be part of it. Does it have that sort of kind of community involvement? And you know, I suppose Frank, if you've done two workshops, you're probably the better person to answer that question. Um, yes, it does, but if you, if you go to, to user groups, there's usually a, a us-against-the-world type of, of, of attitude going on, and, and I know I'm offending people uh, maybe a bit, but it, it's, it's always the, uh, the Unix user group and, and don't show up with a laptop that runs Windows, whereas as part of hacking at random is... is not it's going outside your user group and and finding other people who yeah to show your work to and maybe they work up an interest or maybe you'll pick up a uh, an alternative point of view yeah i mean i i think that's very fair criticism of of, of user groups generally as well i don't think you're wrong to say that and i, I don't think you'll take any flat for that either that they, that they can be very cliquey you know, and well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there were there were kind of user groups there who wanted to get their point across, but as there were so many other people there with so many different opinions, it wasn't a clash. It was it was more of a mixing of people with different ideas. Yeah, I mean, the the, the reason that I kind of mentioned that is that that kind of, when when I see user groups normally, what you have is this core contingent that that manages and runs and looks after user groups and makes sure that it's smooth running and then what happens is is that you'll get someone who comes and does a, a workshop on asterisk and you'll find that you know all of these 
people around the user group slightly related to the user group or know someone involved in the user group all turns up. And, and what I've found is, is that when you have lots of little work groups and stuff like that, you, it's amazing when you find the people with interest. And I was just wondering if hacking at random kind of had that, that, that same feel. Um, and I suppose, and, But I suppose with it not being anyone's user group as well is probably where you don't get that cliqueiness from as well because you know if if you come to my town you're in my town in my user group doing my do you know what i mean and i i, I can i can see what, what frank was saying there quite you know very clearly i suppose i suppose with it being in a well yeah i mean there's this sorry there's, there's i mean there's such a flexibility about it as well i mean there's there's three tracks of talks going on at any one time there's probably two workshops going on and that's for people who want to go and do something in a workshop there's a lot of people at the camp who didn't go to any talks they simply went and they had a project in mind they got they got four or five people together in a big tent and they just did a project for three or four days and that's there that was quite a lot of that kind of using the the, the conference as a, a chance to get a group that might not be in one place together to do some real, real work on an open source project or an idea and try and move things forward. I mean, you see that quite a lot at the CCC conference in December is people just sitting around a table who will sit there for two or three days just, just simply you know, doing a project. And that's something you don't usually see at the big conferences like Black Hat Defcon. I mean, it sounds absolutely awesome to have a conference on a camping site. I mean, it just it seems that you're not kind of constrained by if you're in a hotel you know it, it just seems like even the environment itself lends itself up to being open and and a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more free and a little bit more rough and rugged dare i say i mean i've, I've not been so i mean that's that's just a you know a conjecture really on my part but it, it sounds like even the whole environment set up is, is set up to be relaxed and open you know it's certainly one of the first kind of hacking, you know, talk, events, conferences that I've heard that's basically in a field. I mean, it's, it sounds like Glastonbury for hackers. Yeah, that was marketed. It's pretty much Glastonbury for hackers. Uh, it's, it's one of the, the funny things that happened to me is, is I, I was just trying to get out of, of well, not trying to get out, I was uh, walking away from our tent and, and there's a, there's a guy coming in and he's, he addresses one of, one of my co-workers and he says, you're the guy from, from Super Phillips. Yeah, is Frank there? And do I know you? And he says, no, but thank you, thank you for writing all the messages. It make my life easier. And I'm like, oh my God, I actually have users. And, and that was just a random guy showing up because yeah, everything is open. There's no, no barriers to, to approach people. And I, I, yeah, I sat down with the guys from, from Seabase who had a big multi-touch display with them. And I just sat down and, and we had a beer together and, okay, tell me how this works, where do I get one, because I like it. And yeah, the answer was, well, you have to build one yourself, but this is the website where, where the schematics are. So it's, it's really open. It's, it's, it's the people that make hacking at random. And yes, there's a great program going on as well. Obviously, they did their best to get the infrastructure in place, but it's it's in the end, it's the mix of people that that make it what it is. I mean, what? I mean, you, you had talk a little bit about what what you were doing. You know, you, you've talked touched on slightly there what you were doing there, Frank. Was was a lot of where you were going to to hacking at random to to work and 
promote autonesis or were you there for something, you know, you were there for a number of reasons or were you there primarily to get, you know, auto, auto, some, you know, some, some soundbite for autonesis and, and get people involved and in, in, in seeing it? Um, the way it, 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 it came on my path is uh, a couple of my colleagues went there four years ago um, and they were keen, yeah, they were dead set on, on, on going there again. So I went, okay, I'll go as well. But what are we going to do? And it was, okay, can you, can you do another workshop? It was actually one of my coworkers and it hadn't, it hadn't crossed my mind at all. And then when I did the first workshop and I heard that there were people that were actually sad they missed it, I said, okay, I'll do another one. And I was here just to learn. Um, the reason why I go to conferences, and I, I, I found out at the end that I got a lot more than I uh, than I bargained for, <laughs> in a positive sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I went to one of the autonesis uh, workshops, and I mean, I learned a lot about autonesis while I was there. So, and I have to apologise for Frank because I, I had said that I was going to do a workshop at, at, at the village, and due to some illness between uh, DefCon and, and packing it around, I didn't get a chance to prepare enough to be able to do this. this the uh, the workshop, so I'd love to apologise to Frank for that. So, Chris, I mean, what were you were were you there just discovering and being part of, or were you there, you know, were you there for any particular reason, or was it just for the whole environment and to to, to be involved in it? For me, it was kind of like a homecoming. I mean, two years ago, um, I mean, just an explanation of the way it works is it runs every four years in the Netherlands, and every four years in um, in uh, just just near Berlin um, in Germany so and they overlap so every two years there's a conference there's, a, there's one in the middle of a field in Germany or there's one in the middle of a field in the Netherlands um, as long as legislation doesn't change in the Netherlands and, and block it next time um, so I mean two years ago in Berlin was the first time I ever went to a hacking conference um, and I had such a great time I mean I, I the one thing I learned from the conference last time I went um, was that I did not know anything and that was a great, you know, it was a great feeling. It was um, after working in the same industry for 10 years, I suddenly went to a conference and realized there was so much more to learn. I did not know any of it, which was brilliant because it started me off on a career in security and got me where I am today working as a penetration tester. And it was a great experience. So I wanted to go back again, see the people I'd met originally two years ago. Um, and it was kind of like a, a wind down from Blackhand Defcon for me. Plus, I mean, how many conferences where, can you go to where there's a, an entire decked telephone network running just for the people at the conference? And there's an entire GSM network for people who can you know, make calls to other people on the same GSM network inside the camp. I mean, you just can't get that kind of thing. Yeah, or when they, where they reproduce the, the bar tokens with their own uh, repli replication machines, which are, by the way, self-replicating. I mean, you get people there with basically any any angle. It's it's hacker in the almost in the original meaning of of the word. So not not a computer hacker, but somebody who has a well, a different take on technology. Playful exploration. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, there, were, there were talks that I went to. And I thought, oh, this is going to be about security because I had my mindset on on that. I went to, for example, there, there was a talk someone gave on the IBM AS400s. Um, a bit of an old topic, but 
it was like a technical introduction to it. And I mean, it was really, really, really interesting. There wasn't a whole lot of security in there, which kind of disappointed a few people. Um, but it was just a really interesting talk. Someone had taken something that people weren't talking about. It was like, people are interested in this. I'll just talk about it. Um, and there were so many other things that were just completely random. You, know, you, you would never have thought about, uh, about going to a talk that talked about um, you know, uh, WikiLeaks was a big theme there. Um, and do you know, you know WikiLeaks? Or? Yeah, you know, they're, uh, they have a hard time, don't they? You know, but they, they must have some incredibly interesting stories, you know. And, and, and oh yeah, I mean, they, they had a, they had a lot of content there as well, and they were you know, kind of interacting with people. They weren't just sitting there and talking. This is what we do. They did the kind of this is what we do. This is how we do it. But then they they had two additional sessions um, on the, over the next couple of days where they actually got people around and discussed what they could do to make things better. You know, it was kind of like a a panel discussion with uh, interaction from the crowd, and it was. They are taking comments from other people to make things better and to be able to you know, use other people's ideas to try and make their systems and the way they run things better, which is completely against what other large corporates do because they're just, no, we're going to do what we want to do. Whereas everyone there was very open. If you had something uh, to put forward, then you know, they, they answered the question. Even if it was a difficult question, they'd, they'd still answer the question. I mean, it was there was a you know you you're kind of taking the, the wind out of myself there because I was about to say you know if you had a new project it sounded like a, an, an absolutely brilliant place to actually let people to go around and play with it and give you feedback and look at it it sounds like a a a, a really good place if you you've you, you've got an idea that you actually want to go and, and and see what the rest of the world thinks of it you know it, it sounds like an awesome venue for that to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, one of the things that did happen, though, is that they, uh, in terms of, of, of call for papers and, and talks, um, I had a little bit of an insight as one of my, my colleagues is in the, the organization. And I think they had a three or four to one turnout for call for papers and, and speaker slots. They were absolutely overbooked in, in that respect. Um, but but then again, you always have the have the opportunity, like I did, to just put it in the wiki and 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 make sure you had enough room in the tent to to attract people and and to to do your talk there. And I almost think that's better sometimes. Sometimes those, if you have a specific topic that's very niche, you know, very interesting to like maybe twenty, thirty people, you're not going to pack out a room of three hundred, four hundred people. So sometimes it's almost better to say, look, you know, I just want to take this to a smaller tent and just sit and talk about it and make everyone aware that it's happening. And that's, you know, that was just a perfect avenue for, for that hacking at random, just to kind of doing a workshop or just doing a presentation in front of 20 or 30 people. I mean, Frank, uh, I'm going to pick on you slightly, I have to be honest with you. I mean, as, as, the, as the, the author of Autoanasis, how much do how much do you think hacking at random is going to help you push autoanalysis further by having these workshops and having kind of face to face contact with actual users of your uh, of your uh, of autoanalysis? How did you what did you take away from that? Not as an attendant, but as as as, as actually the author of autoanalysis. How much did you take away from that, if anything? Um, well, well, first of all, the shocking experience that I do indeed have users. Um, 
of course, I, I knew that. Like, I get the 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 odd email uh, asking a question or, or or saying thanks, but somebody coming up and, and being able to talk. Okay, how do you use it? That really helps. Um, right now, I'm I'm um, in correspondence with uh, with a guy from the Netherlands who's said, okay, this is going to help us. I'm going to set up. A, I need to set up a demo environment to to demonstrate this to my uh, my coworkers on on Thursday. So yeah, I I am getting there. Will it get me world domination? Probably not. Um, yeah, it, it, but I did reach. I did reach an audience. Um, it did get people to to come and 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 look for for what I do, which isn't yeah. Also you, an objective. Did it give you new ideas about you know, maybe some of the directions you want to take with Autonesis, or did it just give you confidence that it was actually really nice that you you know I, it's strange because I can sort of empathise with what you're saying about you know it was amazing for for you to to, to know that you've got users. Um, you, you you know you get this in podcasting as well that from yeah you get the occasional email and some of them are nice and some of them are bad but occasionally but it's actually when you 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 meet someone who uses the resources that you produce and you actually get to see that person and they, and they get you know. I, I took. I remember the first time that, that someone said to me, "Oh, I listened to one of your podcasts, and you're the guy from HPR. It's really good to speak to you." And blah blah blah. And I took a lot away from that. Now I had a lot, I'd had a few emails before that, and I suppose that with the fact that that you don't see that person's face face to face, you know, they're just a name and a, and an email address in some ways. So I can kind of totally empathise with you saying, you know, it must have been nice to actually be able to have people say, "Oh, you're the guy that does auto That's brilliant," you know. So. But back to the question before I go on a tangent. Do 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 you think that it helped? Maybe gave you more confidence to know that you you really actually do have users using it on a day to day and enough to come to a workshop. Or yeah, yeah, no, and and yeah, I did get constructive feedback as well into either people not. There's just some bits about it which aren't the most intuitive way I, I've put them together. And if you do a workshop, you, you keep hitting those points. So I really need to work on that as well. And I think I talked a little bit in the workshop about where I want to take it, got a f good feedback on that. Um, so yeah, it, it does really help. But it's yeah, not plus the single experience I have. From no, no, I was going to say, now, as I say, I, I said I was going to pick on you slightly there because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in, you know, projects and people managing projects because it sounds like an, an awesome venue to do it. But then as a security consultant, what did you take out of it as well? To, you know, take the auto Nessus hat off for a second and just purely as frank as a, a security consultant, what what did you... What did you? What were you left thinking? What was the the the, the feeling you were left with after the whole event? Um, well, well, first of all, I mean, maybe we, we're we're being too careful about about this being our job as well. But I mean, I had a blast at at, at hacking at random, and a lot of that was not to do with the security program, but more with the, shall we say, after eleven program. Um, so yeah, it was was a lot of fun, but also from a security perspective, um, I, certainly the talks about uh, DNSSEC 
left me with, okay, this is really an area that I do need to pick up. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you on that purely. I mean, the DNSSEC stuff was really good. I mean, there must have been about three talks on DNSSEC. I think they kind of merged some together with the IPv6 stuff as well, but DNSSEC and, and the um, OpenGSM um, project were, were pretty big, that and, and WikiLeaks. And Chris, I mean, what was, I mean, you touched on this before, but, you know, the sort of your homecoming, you know, but what was it like coming back? You know, what was it, two years since you were last at one and you were saying, you know, you've done DEF CON, and, you know, you've done DEF CON since then and, you know, you, you're more established in, as a penetration tester. You know, what's the homecoming like for you there? You know, was... Um, well, I mean, I, I honestly expected, I mean, I wasn't expecting so much, but I mean, I was kind of expecting to kind of go back and think, okay, I'm going to know what these talks are about now. And and what I learned again, and it was good to relearn that, is there's always something you, you don't know. And yeah, I understood the talks more. I, I knew where things were headed. And you know, when they were talking about DNSSEC, I wasn't DNS what. You know, I, I know where that stuff's heading. It was just nice to kind of get a, a modern update on where DNSSEC is right now, where it goes in the future. Um, and it was actually more nice to actually get together with people who I knew, people who I'd met before. I mean, getting together with Frank again after Black Hand DEFCON. Um, you know, Frank does a mean barbecue. Um, so it was, it was always good to kind of get together with him and, and have, have a quick barbecue around the, around the tent area and then have a couple of drinks. Um, and it really was um, a lot of socializing. You know, it's just, it was, it was very interesting to be able to be you know, kind of heading back to your tent at 2 o'clock in the morning and then just randomly meet someone and decide, let's just watch a movie. Um, and I met um, Benny, who's uh, security for all on, uh, on Twitter, all right, yeah. who I know from, uh, from last year um, um, at the CCC event. For, for, and, for um, the listeners, Benny Kiedisliga is the he. I've interviewed him previously, uh, the organizer yeah. of uh, BrewCon, um, which Brucon. is Brussels yeah, security conference coming up on the 19th of September. And obviously, uh, I'm sure everyone on this call, will, you know, tell everyone that who's in, who's anywhere near Brussels to be to be going to that event. Uh, Benny's a, a you know great guy. But yeah, definitely it's going to be a great event. So yeah, so I met him randomly at two o'clock in the morning. We decided we watched Team Team America on a projector in the tent. There was uh, so we started the movie with two of us. Within about ten minutes, there was thirty people, and it was a party. I mean, it's just if random, spontaneous things just happen, and and that was that was just really special. It was just it's it's not an important event. All we did was watch a movie, but randomly, just suddenly, you know, 28 people just kind of wandered in and were like, "Great, you're watching a movie." We were all singing along to the songs till four o'clock in the morning and drinking beer, and you know, that was was the event for me. I mean, I learned a lot by going to some of the talks. I met a lot of new, interesting people, but I also got to just socialise with people and, and and do stuff that just you know, kind of relaxes you. And sometimes you just need that, especially after Black Hand Def Con. Funny, funny things. Uh, you, you meet very funny people, people that that you didn't know previously. But also, something like Felix Lindner. Um, he did talk about how to exploit Cisco IOS on on Black Hat, and there he's sort of well, he's the speaker. It's it's a bit harder to get to approach him to have a lay down talk. And then all of a sudden you're attacking at random and you find yourself at a barbecue and he's there and 
they were asking him if he wants his rib, uh, ribs juicy or crispy. And that sort of, of, of puts the conversation in another completely other perspective. And, and yeah, you can go much more or into yeah, much more detail or just get to know what, what drives people like Felix the better. So if I was to ask you, I'm kind of sure I know what the answer is going to be for both of you here. If, I asked you this the last time at De- about DEF CON. If you could have one word to describe hacking at random, what word would it be, Chris? Wow, one word to describe such an event is a little bit tricky, I must admit. Um, it would have to be beer. Um, mostly Belgian beer, I must admit, which is which is very good. It's a great start for the con. Um, I mean, you can't you can't really kind of take an event so unique as that and kind of break it down into one word because I mean, well, you know, Frank, it, Frank, there was such a variety of stuff. I was hoping what you'd actually say was random, because <laughs> it does. It sounds like an awfully random event, you know, in a good way, you know, that 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 just. You know, if you couldn't prepare for DEFCON, how on earth are you going to prepare for hacking at random? And I think you you did a great job of explaining it at the beginning that you know you went camping and a security conference broke out. And it, you know, it well, there, there is no preparation for hacking at random. You simply put some clothes in the bag and you go. I mean, I didn't even have a tent when I turned up. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things. There's so many friendly people around there. If, if you turn up without something someone will lend you it, someone will provide it. Universal currency at hacking at random is, 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 is Chris's keyword beer. Um, so if, if you need it, we have guys like, okay, I need a mini USB cable. Who's willing to trade it for a beer? And, and, and he gets one. And that's, that's, that's fun as well. But the, the other thing to understand is, uh, and, and I didn't get that when I started, but actually people around the event are in a sense very, very honest. Um, it, it, the Woodstock, yeah, the Woodstock for, for hackers is, is in a sense very true. Um, we organized the silent disco on Saturday night. It, it was very funny, but um, yeah, one of the people that was there was very nervous about the headsets. You, you, silent disco works this way. You've got DJs and you get uh, nice Sennheiser headsets you put on, and you can actually select which DJ you're going to listen to, and you can dance, and neighbors won't complain. And we were very worried that okay, here we are giving out 100 laptop, 100 headsets, which cost about 100 euros each. How much are not going to be returned? Um, when we started packing, we were only two short, so there were two missing. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the it seems like we dropped uh, somebody uh, from the call, but uh, we were two missing, um, and in the end, we um, when we were packing, we had one missing, and then next morning we put on the wiki on the lost and found page, hey, we're still missing a, missing a headset, and somebody turned up, sorry I fell asleep with them, and, and returned him. Yeah, I'd seen this on you, I'd seen you actually Twitter this at the time, um, and I thought it was, 
you know, I've seen you Twitter from beginning to end, you know, there's two headsets missing, can, you know, if, if you've got them, please, you know, please return them, and then I saw you Twitter again and say, right, you know, I, you know, they've been returned back to us, and I thought, wow, that's, you know, really, really amazing, because you must have expected maybe for one or two to go missing, you know, obviously you'd hope it wouldn't, but especially with that many headsets going out, you, you know, just you'd have thought it would have happened but it, it sounds I, like I say I mean I'd, I'd seen you Twitter about that through that and I thought wow that was really good now uh, I, uh, you're right someone did drop off the call I can see that that, that Chris dropped off there um, it's fine I'm back now so. oh you're back yeah. oh, I'm God, back I'll, I'll have to I'll have to try and kick you off again <laughs> I'm only kidding oh sorry, <laughs> sorry. just doesn't take a try hint try kick me off the <laughs> He didn't want to tell you about the real stuff that happened at the uh, the silent disco. That's the problem. So. Oh, yeah. is, is that a whole other podcast? There is there. That's know. a whole other yeah. That's a whole other another podcast. I think. <laughs> no, I mean it was a great event. It was it was one of those things where you will never forget dancing in the middle of the field wearing headsets and uh, singing along to the music. Um, singing Happy Birthday was one of the funniest things ever, especially when you took the headsets off and realised no one was singing in key. It was very entertaining. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> um, in the interest of trying to keep this this uh, not short, but you know, I, uh, you know, in the interest of wrapping it up, I suppose is the first thing to say. Um, is there anything that you guys would like to 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 say about hacking at random for the HPR audience? Um, if you go, um, don't just go there to consume. But um, obviously, this is going to be in another two or four years, depending on, on where you go. But for me, volunteering, I volunteered on, on first aid shift, and I would have loved to to help it build up and break down, being a, a, a more or less a local, um, um, but couldn't for for uh, private reasons. But that really adds to to the whole atmosphere as well. Yeah, I mean, I have to echo those, uh, the, the sentiment. Is, uh, there's two things I really wanted to say. Um, was one, never, ever fly with Sky Europe. Um, but that's, again, another podcast in itself. That's, that's um, yeah, it took me 18 hours to get home, to, thanks to Sky Europe. But, um, but also, I mean, it's a very community-driven event. I mean, if you turn up and you just expect someone to be there who's going to give you technical talks, and then at the end of it you're going to go home, then you're not going to get as much out of it as you could. Um, it's all about meeting people, talking to people, helping other people, and being flexible. I mean, the, the talks don't start until 11 o'clock or midday, and they don't finish until midnight. And sometimes, you know, I think in Berlin, they were going on until 2 o'clock in the morning. It, it's, it's a 24-7 event. If you go to bed at midnight every night, then you're going to miss out on six or seven hours of very interesting stuff. So you need to be very flexible on what you do and make sure you just go out and meet people because it's very easy to be isolated at those kind of events because you don't know people. But if you just go and say hello to people, then you'll be involved in the event and it's going to be so much more fun. Yeah. No, it's With the program, no, I, I, remember, I remember doing the silent disco and then, then popping my head around into the studio of the, of the local FM station. The, the, the camp had its own FM radio station. And there were actually people there still 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 doing quite an interesting talk on, on, on a subject that I have forgotten because I just popped my head around. But um, yeah, there's, there's always a lot going on and, and focus on what you 
can attend. Don't focus on what you miss because that drives you nuts. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't, don't try and plan because it's just not going to work. Um, if, if you write down every talk you want to see, then you're going to miss out on a lot of the fun and, and things are not going to go well. The best thing is just to kind of turn up, be friendly, be nice to people, involve yourself in the community, and if you happen to be walking past uh, one of the conference areas and there's an interesting talk going on, then you just pop in and you go, and you go to the, the talk. Um, and if it's not interesting, then you wander off and use something else. Now, as, uh, as Ritual as it is on podcasts, is there anything that you guys want to, you know, in a shameless self-promotion or plug anything? Is there anything that, that, that yourself you want to plug, Chris, or anything like that? Um, yeah, uh, support the Autonesis project, definitely, um, because I know Frank won't, won't say it, but uh, you know, he's done a really good job with the software, and you know, I wish I could be using it. Um, it's, it's a great project, and if more people help, then it will be even better. So you know, I'd like to plug uh, Frank's project. And, and, and HBR listeners take, take notice of that. Frank is doing a very good job. It's a very good project, and, and, and yeah, definitely. That, that's and obviously now we've promoted you, Frank. Is there anything you'd like to promote, buddy? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, uh, one one of the side objectives that um, both uh, both Chris and I got there was to to write something in the blog, and I think actually this time you did produce blog posts, uh, Chris. So yeah, I did. I wasn't so. drunk. I did actually write something um, this time. So um, ironically, I didn't write anything at DefCon where I was depressed. Um, and I did write stuff hacking at random where I wasn't, so I need to rearrange that next time. No, I think I think here a press pass is actually even uh, a bigger red flag than a DEFCON. <laughs> I think uh, I think a press pass for hacking at random would pretty much be the same as a non-press pass. You still have to volunteer and you still have to pay. You just get to not talk to people because you're a member of the press. So yeah. Now, and uh, I, I touched on. Can I ask you both a question? Are, are you going? Are you, are you guys going to BrewCon this year? This is the first year I think it's going, isn't it? But will will either of you be going to BrewCon? Uh, I'll I'll definitely be there. Yeah, because it seems that I'm going to every single conference this year. So you're, you're turning into a media whore as well. <laughs> exactly. <conference> yeah. <laughs> I'm meaning as conference whore is not as in someone you see at a conference <laughs> while the conference is finished. <laughs> just in case anyone's getting the wrong idea there, it's just in someone who goes to lots of conferences. But yeah, Frank, are you going to to BrewCon? I uh, I have something on my personal agenda that that prevents me probably will prevent me from going there, but I still have to see how I fit it in. Um, but one of the things I did um, did happen to me at Hacking at Random is that I got invited for confidence in Warsaw in November. So that um, that's a definite yes. Okay. Well, you know, like you say, Chris, uh, you know, and be if you, Frank as well. If if you guys do, you know, if you well, Chris, I'd love to talk to you after BrewCon. I'm not going to be able to make it to, to, to BrewCon. I'm doing an event in, in Scotland for Software Freedom Day, um, which ends on the 19th, and I believe BrewCon ends on the 19th as well. Um, yeah, that's right. But uh, I, I, and, and obviously the invitation to you as well, Frank, if you do make it to BrewCon, I'd love to actually be able to get a chat to you about BrewCon as well, especially since I've interviewed Benny as well. I, I know BrewCon's... Uh, 
I, you know, I wish them all the best. And you know, and anyone that doesn't know, I think it's the 17th to the 19th of September or something like that. Yeah, it's around that time. They're running some training courses shortly before the event as well. So, and I think there's very limited space on the training. I, I seem to remember there's some posts on Twitter today that there's only a handful of places left. So, if you're interested in doing the training, you should really uh, get in touch with them as soon as possible. Yeah, I think you can find it. If it is it brucon.org or, or something like Brucon. that? Brucon.org. Yeah, they actually have a podcast now as well, not to take away from Hacker Public Radio, but they're doing a couple of interviews with people who are doing talks. So um, I think if you log onto iTunes and do a search for Brucon, you should find the, the Brucon podcast. Yeah, so. and they're, they're, they're on Twitter as well. And they're, they're very, you can find information about Brucon very easily. The usual mechanisms, you'll find Brucon information. So anyone who is in Europe, Brussels, do make the effort. And, and Chris, uh, you know, I'll talk to you about it after the call, but I really would love to, to chat to you, if, you know, after Brucon, if that would be okay. Um, yeah, yeah, happy to. All, I, all that's left for me to do is to obviously thank you two for both taking the time out to, to speak to me. It's, um, it's Obviously, it's... it's great for me i i didn't get to any of the conferences this year so it's great to be able to be able to speak to people that did and get their feedback and i'm sure the hbr audience have, have enjoyed listening to, you, to your guys ideas and views about the the event so from myself and, and the hbr audience thank you very much um frank what's your blog address it's uh net. okay and chris what's your blog address it's uh, c22.cc Superb. Uh, and all that's left for me to do is to wrap up the show and thank the HPR listeners for listening to us today as well. Uh, if anyone anyone listening wants to do a HPR show, it couldn't really be any easier. Or you can you know you can record anything on, on any sort of subject that you want. Um, and HPRs, you know, it, it's a good mechanism for getting ideas and tutorials and, and stuff out there. So if you do want to help the HPR, you know the the great hacker public radio out then you know record an episode there's lots of contact details on the site you know just record an episode contact Klaatu or enigma you can find them in the irc and you know lots of different places and there's contact details on the website drop them a line uh, and we'll try and get your show out um for me i would just like to say thanks very much once more to my guests and to you guys at home for listening and we'll catch you the next time on hacker public radio Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.